Then Jesus said to them, Whose image is this and whose title? They answered, The emperor's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. Matthew chapter 22, verses 20 and 21. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Many folk uh, think that the gospel this morning is about a Christian's obligation to pay their taxes. And at a most basic level, that is part of the teaching of this text. As St. Paul would reaffirm later in Romans chapter 13 with great clarity, here this is is St. Paul, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, Honor to whom honor is owed. Unpacking, right, that same truth. Absolutely, Christians should be good taxpayers. And more than that, actually, Christians should be the best citizens. Honoring all of the laws that do not go against God's law. Um, So we heard a great sermon a couple weeks ago from Lincoln about what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And part of the teaching of this scripture is that being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and operating as a citizen within a worldly nation uh, are not incompatible. They actually work together. We're not supposed to draw them at odds. As long as the earthly country doesn't ask for something that only God should receive. Right? That's also in what Jesus is saying. And what is it that only God should receive? Worship. Only Worship is only due to God. And, and the sort of unquestioning allegiance that would do anything, again, I think is properly given only to God. Uh, that is kind of a form of worship, and not to any earthly nation. Um, outside of when countries do make occasionally these extraordinary demands, I, I'm teaching a class right now and looking again at the Decian persecution where all the Christians were asked to do was come forward and just sprinkle a pinch of incense in front of the image of the emperor, and thousands and thousands of Christians would rather give up their lives than do that. So uh, outside of those extraordinary circumstances, Christians should be uh, loyal citizens paying taxes, uh, even if a government is unjust, even if a government is wasteful, uh, still to be paying taxes. An extension of this is that Christians um, can never be anarchists. Uh, this was tempting to me as a teenager. I, kind of, I think all teenagers are a little bit intrigued by anarchism. Um, but I think, upon further reflection, there's so much teaching in the New Testament. No, submit to every earthly authority for the Lord's sake. And that's First Peter chapter 2. We're called to be docile and submissive, not, not revolutionary. So that's all of that. that. That is all there in the passage, worth meditation. Um, but I think there's a yet deeper truth in this gospel that we just heard that I wish to bring forward this morning. And it's this question of image bearing. It's right there in the text um, as Jesus' first counter question. Uh, whose image and inscription are on the coin? The translation which we read from this morning said, whose head and inscription are on the coin? It's the same meaning, right? Because it's a little picture of the head of Caesar. Um, but the Greek there is icon, image. Whose image is on the coin? And, um, you know, and of course, we still have this practice today, right? The, uh, we still have portraits of our presidents on our money, and that practice is very old. Now, we have lots of historical presidents on different current pieces of currency. Um, But back in the day, and still today in some countries, if you go to England, all of the money has Queen Elizabeth II's face on it. You stamp the face of the reigning monarch on your money. Uh, That idea is very old. This is what Tiberius Caesar did in the time 
in which we just heard uh, this gospel lesson, a way for the leader to sort of literally stamp on, it, on every aspect of daily life of all of the subjects that he's the boss, that he's in charge of uh, keeping this government and the market going. So the coin is marked with the image of the one who ordered it to be made. Uh, that's, I want to say that again because that's our first clue, I think, to what Jesus is getting at in this passage. That he's not, you know, so often people, we see these events in the Gospels where people come challenging him and kind of throwing these questions and trying to catch him. And he's not content just simply to like disarm their accusation, which of course he does wonderfully, but he seizes the moment as a teaching opportunity um, to teach an eternal truth. That the coin was marked with the image of the one who ordered it to be made. Now, for those of you who uh, read the scriptures, the word image is a weighty word, right? That kind of sends up these flags, these remembrances of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, right? God made humans in his image, male and female. He created them in his image. That word image is a substantial word for us. When God made us, he impressed his image upon us. So are you starting to see the connection? We're like the coin, right? The, the coins bear the image of the one who made it, and we bear the image of the one who made us. Do, do you see that connection at play? Okay. That little piece of copper, tiny thing, carries around the visage of Caesar, the great ruler. And we, these little pieces of copper, we bear the image of the great high king, who we praised in our psalm just now. So if you catch that connection, now listen again to what Jesus says. Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's. Give to God what is God's. Right? He's actually making a claim on our lives. Sort of cutting through all this sort of faff that the Pharisees and the Herodians are throwing at him. And saying, give your lives to God. Start, like, stop quibbling about these small things. That's the richness of, of Jesus' teaching. That as well as showing us how we interact as citizens of worldly nations. He's showing us the true order of things. Money, that's just stuff Caesar made. You have to use it in his marketplace. When he asks for it, give it back to him. And just so with your life. Of much greater importance, though, is what we do with this coin. This thing that was made by God and therefore rightly belongs to God. So when Jesus says, give to God what is God's, I think he means give your whole life. Because you bear his image, meaning that you belong to him. And I love how sometimes the Lord works these things out. This was just our lectionary assigned for this Sunday, which just happens to be the Sunday on which we're celebrating Holy Baptism. Um, Charles and Rachel, like Hannah of old in the Old Testament, who brought her son Samuel to be given to God for his service, um, you've brought your little Charlie to the waters of baptism this morning, giving to God what is God's. And of course you had a part to play uh, in bringing little Charlie into the world, but it was not you who knit each cell together in Rachel's womb. This is one of the sort of mysteries that didn't dawn on me until Carrie had our children, that actually the actual making of like stitching a body together and making it a little person, we're, we, as humans we're completely passive to that with our wills. It's God who does that. It's God who gives each child an immortal soul. It's God who instills uh, in each of these image bearers rationality, creativity, the ability to know him and to pray and hearts that feel. All of these things which are sort of signals of the image that we bear, his image. It was God who stamped those on little Charlie. 
and in bringing him to be baptized this morning, um, you are bringing him to the great high king whose image he bears, whose image we all bear, all, all human beings, right? No, every race, every nationality, we all carry the image of God in equal measure. But if only carrying his image was enough, right? Carrying his image alone doesn't save us. If sort of teasing out this coin analogy, if, if we are coins, right, stamped with the image of our maker, then we are, as a matter of fact, uh, scratched and dirty uh, coins, chipped coins. Because of our sins, the image that we bear has been effaced, right? It's not clear. You don't look at any human being and say, ah, the glories of God! Right? Because of our sins, we've, we've marred that image. We've made it actually almost unrecognizable. If you, you know, you, if you are into, what's the coin collecting called? Is that numismatics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. If you're into numismatics, um, you know, you, you look at these old coins, and sometimes the, the old, the faces, you can't tell what it is. That is our human condition. We are now actually little more than, by analogy, lumps of copper. We might have once been a useful coin but because of our sins are so no longer. And, and that's why Jesus Christ came, right? That's why he took on our nature so that he could restore the likeness of God to our human nature, to us, so that we could now once more do what by ourselves we would never be able to do, which is bear forth his image clearly, reflecting all of God's glory back to himself and as a witness to the world. That's why Jesus died on the cross as a human. Like if you think about kind of the the wisdom and the mystery of the incarnation, why did it all happen like this? The Son of God took on human nature so that he could actually re-stamp the image of God on mankind. So that all of us who come to him could be re-stamped and remade as humans. So that we could be new minted and transformed from sort of an unrecognizable coin to a dazzling bright coin. And the means by which we get remade, sort of in this picture, the foundry is the font of holy baptism. Of course, for adults, um, we have to each individually receive the gospel and then voluntarily be baptized. Um, But for little children who are not yet able to receive the gospel for themselves, God still offers this free gift of eternal life, this re-stamping of his own image, his own likeness on our nature to them. As Jesus says, when the disciples try and hold back the children, he says, no, no, let the little children come to me. Eternal life is for children too. And absolutely, when they're old enough to choose for themselves, if they desire to keep this gift that they've been given, they have to choose Jesus for themselves. So you know, one of the great mistakes about, you know, we, we inhabit a tradition that baptizes infants. The mistake is to think that that's sort of a one and done, they're just set forever. Not at all. That would be a terrible mistake to make. You're given a free gift of the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus Christ. But as Paul says, don't neglect the grace that's been given to you. So that's the charge. And it's a great and uh, weighty charge for parents and godparents uh, to be responsible for passing on that faith so that Charlie doesn't neglect the gift that God is going to give him today. Because he is about to be re-minted. And, and he's about to receive an inscription. Right? That's the two things on the coin in the Gospel lesson today. A face and an inscription. And in that coin that Jesus would have held, we actually have examples of these coins. You can see them, so it kind of puts some flesh on the picture. It says, Tiberius Caesar, across the top. 
And like a coin, uh, Charlie is about to be marked, as all baptized Christians are marked, with a mark that, that only angels can see. In the New Testament, this is sometimes called the seal of the Holy Spirit. And the inscription says, Christ's own forever. That's the inscription that sits marking all baptized people. Christ's own forever. To be Christ's own forever means we have the promise of the future forgiveness of sins, right? That it's not just sort of this is the one chance for grace, this is the chance for grace for a lifetime, for eternity. To be marked as Christ's own forever means that we no longer have to strive to attain our own righteousness, but we actually receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ as if it were our own, given to us by him and received by faith. To be marked as Christ's own forever means that Christ has actually come to live in us, right? That all of the things that are true about Christ become true about even little Charlie and all baptized Christians, that we have a relationship with the Father, that we have life and love and all the things, the spiritual gifts he gives, uh, which we need in this veil of tears, right, to get through. So what a, what a gift it is. Um, it's a gift from God, and, and it's a gift, Charles and Rachel, that you're giving to your son. Um, and I encourage you, I encourage all of you today uh, to remember this great reality of the gift you were given when you were reminted in the waters of baptism, that you have been marked as Christ's own forever. That's just, that's just such a great thing. That God's image has been restored in you and you shine forth his glory. And, and like a coin, right, then let's bring this back to the teaching Jesus says, um, give to God what is God's. So you bear Christ's image now. So you, he may ask you to give him things, right? That's what we see kind of throughout the Bible is the great heroes of faith being asked by God to give to God what is God's. Abraham is asked to give his own son's life. Matthew is called to give up tax collecting. Paul is called to give up everything he thought was prestigious. Jonah is called, asked to give up uh, his life and go travel to preach the gospel to the Ninevites. God may ask just as much as of any of one of us, right? And when he does, we're to give back to him what is his. This is, of course, the teaching Paul would say when he says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And you bear a mark, Christ's own forever. Uh, so I just encourage you again to remember this true reality, the thing that's true about you if you've come to Christ and been baptized, and give him your whole life. Give to God what is God's. Every aspect of your day, every area of your life. Because uh, that's what we're made for. We're actually made to be coins in the economy of God. To spend ourselves and be spent for his sake. Amen.